Well, good morning, Celebration Church. Let's all stand up together wherever you are at in Stevens Point, Appleton, Green Bay. Maybe you're joining us online. It's great to have you with us. Let's all say this together. This is who we are. This is what we believe here at Celebration Church. Let's all say this together. We believe in God, the Father Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth. We believe in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord, who for us and for our salvation was conceived by the Virgin Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead, and on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the fellowship of believers, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated. Tongue's getting tied this morning. Uh, good to be with everyone today. My name is uh, Bob, one of the pastors at Celebration Church. If you haven't had the chance to meet, good to have each and every one of you with us here this morning. Uh, we've got, I want to let you know about Wednesday nights. We are well underway with our Wednesday night programming here at Celebration Church, no matter what campus you're at. So if you're in Stevens Point, we'd love to see you on Wednesday nights. Appleton, we'd love to see you on Wednesdays. Green Bay, or if you need to join us online, we'd love to have you participate Wednesday nights. It's the second big thing we do at Celebration Church, Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights. Wednesday nights, we do a verse-by-verse uh, walk through the Bible. Uh, the service starts at 645, and uh, Pastor Mark has been walking through the book of Acts. And then wherever we run into where one of the other letters was written, we jump into that. So we're in 2 Corinthians right now. And it is, let me tell you, we've got a ton of people coming out at all of our campuses. And it is one of the best ways you can just get the Bible inside of you. And the, the Bible talks about itself. It talks about that the word of God is sharper than a double-edged sword, that it divides bone and marrow. It separates what's right and what's wrong in our lives. One of the best ways you can discover how to live life and see God's blessings come into your life is just get the word of God inside of you, and it will transform you. And they've been wonderful services at 645, and Pastor Mark has such a unique way of just walking through the Bible, opening it up, and you can simply understand what it says inside. So we hope you're able to join us Wednesday nights at 645. You can uh, go on the website and catch up if you haven't been there, but jump in and let it transform you. And then also we've got programs for kids and teenagers, middle school students, all that is taking place Wednesday nights, no matter what campus you're at. So make it a priority in your life and uh, set aside Wednesday nights and join with us here at Celebration Church. It'll make a big impact in your family. So we hope you're able to do that. Uh, also, we've got the, uh, some great opportunities to connect. We've got a men's and women's breakfast that's taking place at each one of our campuses. It's coming up October 8th, uh, except for Appleton. You're just the ladies uh, this Saturday. But uh, at, in Stevens Point, Appleton, Green Bay, join us. The men's and women's breakfast. Chances are bacon will be involved. So we already won. And, uh, but it's awesome. We've got a, a bunch of guys, a bunch of ladies that are coming out and connect with other people. 
uh, do life with each other and, uh, and do some Bible study while we're at it. So we hope you're able to join us Saturday for the men's and women's breakfast, except for Appleton ladies only this time. Uh, also, we've got uh, New Beginnings. It's one of our discipleship classes. If you're new to Celebration Church or you're new to faith, it's a practical walkthrough of what it means to be a Christian and to follow God. And there is a class that will be starting up here in just a few weeks. It's on Sunday mornings at each one of our campuses at 9 o'clock. It's designed where you can jump in, do that at 9 o'clock for five weeks, walk through it with a group of people, and, uh, and it'll really impact your life. We hope if, if that's you, make sure you do that. You can grab this book out in the lobby and uh, participate with that class. It'd be great to have you join us. Well, Pastor Mark, it is the Tropical Series. We're in Wisconsin. It's been rainy and cold. Pastor Mark has been warm, sun shining, living it up. And uh, we're in the middle of the Apostles' Creed series, so he's going to be joining us uh, with a message that he's bringing from Hawaii this morning. So let's all open up our hearts, and uh, let's all welcome Pastor Mark here this morning. celebration and aloha from Hawaii. Deb and I are here on these beautiful islands. Uh, a couple in our church uh, decided that they wanted to redo their wedding vows and they asked us, listen, we would love to redo our wedding vows and, you know, would you come if we flew, you and Debbie, to Hawaii to do the vows? Of course, I said, uh, Sure. <laughs> Anytime. In fact, just so that we can be absolutely fair to everybody, uh, if any of you ever want to do your vows and fly to Hawaii, we will be fair and just and try to make that as possible <laughs> for all. Anyway, good morning. We are on a, a series of trips. Uh, happens every once in a while on our calendar where we can't get back to church on time, and it's a major hassle. Uh, so we thought, you know, we're just going to do this from the road as long as this technology works. Hopefully everybody can hear and see me. We're by the ocean. It tends to be very windy by the ocean, hence the fuzzy apparatus on my chest that looks like some kind of a critter, or what we'd call a, for you Star Trek aficionados, a tribble. <laughs> but anyway, that's, that's all that that is. Anyway, we are, uh, last week we were in Florida, uh, today we are in Hawaii, and then our final one will be next week, uh, and we're playing our own version of Where's Waldo with Pastor Mark and Debbie. Anyway, tune in next week to see where we are. So, then we finally come home again. It's nice to travel, but there's no place like home. Okay, so we are in a series on the Apostles' Creed, uh, which we recite every Sunday, which lays out the basic fundamental truths that we believe as Christians uh, and our main focus at Celebration Church. And as I've said, there's a big difference between what we think and what we believe. Uh, we think all kinds of things. Christians tend to think all kinds of things. There's all kinds of different opinions on a host of uh, events. You have people driving around back there, <laughs> but that's okay. Okay, 
my wife saying, don't worry, you can't see him. Um, we believe all kinds of things, you know, all kinds of doctrinal twists and turns about this, that, and the other, you know, Calvinism versus Armenianism and last day arguments and all these things, baptisms and how to do it exactly. And we just don't get caught up in that. Uh, there's people of really good heart, really good character. They come to totally different conclusions about these things. And we think that's perfectly fine. Uh, at Celebration with Church, we don't try to get everybody to think exactly the same as some kind of dogmatic nut jobs. Uh, what we do is we just try to focus on the basics. And that's what was laid out in the Apostles' Creed. Uh, by the way, uh, for those of you who aren't really aware, uh, the Apostles' Creed was never written by the Apostles. <laughs> okay. This, this was done later, uh, and it's based on the teaching of the apostles. And early Christians used to memorize this and uh, as the profession of faith whenever they would get baptized. Again, adults who got baptized, that's why they memorized these things. And then later they started baptizing infants. So, uh, on week one, we started with the first part of the creed. We believe in God, the Father Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth. We believe that God created the heavens on earth. We are here on purpose. Now, how he did it, we don't really have a problem with. I'll tell you what I think. I've told you on many occasions what I think about it, but it doesn't really matter. Well, what really matters is, is that you believe God did it, okay? So some uh, believe, as I do, in the six-day account of creation, literally six 24-hour days. Others believe it was six eons of chunks of eternity. Uh, others think uh, there was a cosmic burp out there and, you know, evolutionary thinking and stuff like that. Look, as long as you will acknowledge these things didn't happen by themselves, I promise you, all you got to do is look at creation. This stuff didn't just happen. There is a divine, intelligent design in all of it that balances out so incredibly. Boys that balance here in Hawaii. You know Hawaii has no poisonous anythings. There's no poisonous bugs, there's no poisonous snakes, no poisonous spiders, no poisonous plants. Woo! Unlike the creepy crawly things that we had in uh, Florida last week, none of that on any of these islands. It's really rather stunning, okay? So that was week one. We believe in God, the Father Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth. And why this is so important is because if you think this is all random, then you think you're just here by accident, that you don't matter. You have to understand, you matter to God. We all matter to God. We are here intentionally on purpose. All right? Then last week, we were at the next section. We believe in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord. He is God and came in the form of man to earth to redeem us. And he is the Lord, God of heaven and earth. And I talked about how, as Lord, he should have the final say in our lives. Um, you know, when the Bible's very clear about things, the New Testament, about how to live our lives and what to do and what not to do, we need to follow that. And if, if the Lord is calling you to do one thing or another, you need to obey that. Uh, and I talked about how so many Christians today, and I mean, this is majorly problematic throughout all Christianity. And quite frankly, a lot of people, even in our own church, struggles with this. They'll acknowledge the truth about something, but then they go into the buts. You know, but this, and yeah, I know we shouldn't but that, and I know I, I should forgive that person, but, and they got all their buts, and I said, don't be a butthead, which was what I talked about last week. That's B-U-T, not B-U-T-T, -T, okay? Don't fill your head with all kinds of buts and excuses on why you shouldn't have to do what you need to do. Because remember, Jesus said, it's not just those who say Lord, 
they get into heaven. It's those who do the will of God. All right, so this week, here we go. Continuing, talking about Jesus, it says, Who for us and for our salvation. Now, if you're familiar with the Apostles' Creed at all, if you were raised quoting this in church, this little section might sound a little strange to you because this is not in the average creed that most churches quote. Uh, there's two main apostle creeds out there. There's the one that we do, most Christians do, a lot of Catholics, Lutherans, stuff. and then there's the Nicene Creed that, that others do. And uh, it's, it's a little trickier. It's actually, it's very beautiful. I want to read to you the Nicene Creed, all right? And you'll notice as I read it why we don't say it, <laughs> because it's a little complicated. But this is how they say it. It says, I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth and of all things visible and invisible and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of the Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father by whom all things were made, who for us men and our salvation came down from heaven and it was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried and on the third day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended into heaven and sits on the right hand of the Father and he shall come again with glory to judge the quick and the dead whose kingdom shall have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in the one holy Catholic and apostolic church. Now, when they say Catholic, it's the small c, which just means universal. We're not talking big c, Roman Catholic. In our uh, use of it, we just say Holy Christian Church, so as not to confuse people. And uh, he's, and it goes on and says, and I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Well, that's pretty beautiful, all right? But it's very, very long, <laughs> and that's why we don't do this version. Uh, but it is gorgeous. And the one part of it that I thought was really great that the other one doesn't have is just that little phrase that says, uh, who for us and for our salvation. That's the reason this stuff happened. It's because of the love of God that motivated God to do what he did to bring Jesus Christ into the earth. All right. The only thing that I think is a little uh, out there and why a lot of churches don't use this one is where they say, uh, I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins. Uh, you know, that's... that's theologically very unsound. We are not saved by baptism. Baptism isn't what forgives all of our sins. Baptism is something that we do uh, to bury the old man and live a new life and to obey what Jesus said to do. But just because you were baptized doesn't mean all your sins were forgiven. So that one is, that's the only thing in this one that's a little, uh, you know, off and why a lot of people don't use it. But anyway, I mean, it's, it's beautiful and much more detail and, and, and as you could hear it, is, is, is really well laid out. But pretty much the same fundamental thing as in the creed that we use and, and most churches use. But what we decided to do is let's take that one phrase from the Nicene Creed and put it in the creed that we use. So that's why when we talk about it, we say, 
we believe in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord, who for us and for our salvation. That's why all of this occurred. So we go on to say he was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary. Now, the Nicene Creed ties those two together in one phrase, which makes sense, you know. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born, and if it was born of the Virgin, it means it wasn't from a man. It was conceived by God. People sometimes say, do you really believe in the virgin birth? And, you know, in universities and stuff, when Christians go there, they mock them and professors make fun of them. Yeah, we believe that. Well, how is that possible? Well, that's kind of the point, isn't it? It's that this is God doing this. And God can do anything. Jesus was not just here because of some action of some man. This was the action of God who by the Holy Spirit took this young girl, very young by the way, most Bible scholars believe she's about 14 years of age. Woo! Of course, different culture at that time. We certainly swung to the other side of that pendulum today. People wait until their mid-30s to have kids. Don't get me started. But anyway, so she conceives and, uh, and brings forth this child. Uh, and just as a, as a point, in my first message on this, I talked about, you know, how science and stuff mocks Christian concepts and stuff. And that is, that's impossible. But when you watch their science fiction films, they have people who can do the exact same kind of things. Heal things, raise things from the dead, float around. It's fine as long as it's an alien doing it or a machine. For example, that first Star Trek movie where they had the Genesis effect machine, the big gigantic capsule that could create life on a barren rock planet in six minutes. Well, they can buy into that because the machine did it. The fact that the Bible says God did it in six days, oh, that's impossible, okay? So I point that out only for you sci-fi fans. If you'll think about Star Wars, the story of Vader, Darth Vader's mother was never with a man. He was, she was overcome by the force and those microclidia, what are those things they're called? I can't remember what the word they use for these things. Uh, isn't that interesting? See, as long as it's the force, as long as some sci-fi thing, of course a woman could conceive, but not if it's God. The problem these people have is just with the idea of God. No, we believe Jesus was God who came in the flesh and did it miraculously, and that's how he is God in the flesh, okay? Um, and then his next phrase, uh, suffered under Pontius Pilate. Why is that there? Uh, the early Christians thought it was really important to acknowledge the fact that there was some kind of historical reference uh, proving the existence of, of Jesus in the earth. Uh, obviously stronger back then than it is today, 2,000 years later. But they all said, look, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. This was a public record. Anybody could see this stuff. Uh, Jesus Christ was arrested, prosecuted, beaten, suffered under Pontius Pilate, and crucified under the order of Pontius Pilate. It's all public record uh, that anyone could go at that time and look and see. Anyone say, oh, there was never any Jesus. Yeah, there was a Jesus. In fact, there's more historical evidence of Jesus. If you don't think Jesus Christ, everyone's supposed to say, ah, who knows if Jesus even existed. If you don't think Jesus existed, then nobody existed, you know. Abraham Lincoln was a fiction. There was no George Washington. There was no Caesar. There was no, I mean, all these things are historical records, an absolute fact. Now, you can argue whether or not you think he was the son of God. You can argue whether or not you think he was raised from the dead. 
Okay, fine. But there's no way that people can honestly, intellectually dismiss the fact that Christ was on the earth, Jesus Christ was on the earth, because again, it was a matter of public record that he suffered under Pontius Pilate. That's why that's in there. We don't care about Pontius Pilate. We don't care 10 cents about Pontius Pilate. Who cares about Pontius Pilate? Why do we even mention his name? Not because he was anything. It's just that this was the historical record of the day. All right, you following me? And so under Pontius Pilate, he was crucified, he died, and he was buried. Now we'll leave it there uh, before we pick it up again next week to the next part of the creed. But why was he crucified? Why did he have to die? Why was he buried? Why did that happen? Well, we just talked about it, didn't we? He says, it was for us and for our salvation. That's why he did these things. I want to read to you uh, a few verses of scripture uh, as we wrap this up um, to point out to you uh, the motivation behind all of this. So I'm reading in Matthew, the first chapter, verse 18. This is the very beginning of the Gospel of Matthew. And Matthew writes this, This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. That was a big deal. They're, they're, you're basically considered married in that culture just at the uh, engagement part of it. The, the, the contract, the deal was done. They haven't come together yet. They haven't had the wedding. Uh, they haven't been together physically. But for all practical purpose, she is now married, pledged to be with Joseph. But while they were waiting for that, he writes, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Now, it was through the Holy Spirit, but they didn't know that. I mean, Mary did. But can you imagine your daughter coming up and saying to you, she's pregnant? How'd that happen? Who was it? An angel told me? <laughs> Come on. Nobody would believe it. They didn't believe it. Joseph didn't believe it. Nobody. You know, you really got to feel sorry for this young girl. And she was going through this. I mean, she's honoring God. She's doing the right thing. But man, that had to be rough to go. So in verse 19, it says, because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law, in other words, legally, he had to get rid of her because now she's not a virgin, as far as he knew. Uh, yet he did not want to expose her to public grace, so disgrace, so he had in mind to divorce her quietly. He was a nice guy. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, David, or uh, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. Because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Why did Jesus come? To save us from our sins. That was the whole motivating thing. The Lamb of God crucified for us that we might have forgiveness of sins. That's where our forgiveness of sins comes, through faith in the blood of Jesus Christ, not some sacrament of baptism or whatever else. John 3.16, one of the most famous verses in the Bible, probably the most famous verse in the Bible, except for maybe in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. It's where Jesus said, God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. He's saying, this is why I came. This is why we are here. Okay? Um, and then I love this final one that Paul wrote to the Roman church. He said, very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person. Why? Nobody wants to die for anybody. <laughs> rarely, somebody might lay down their life for someone who's really, really good and a really nice person. Uh, and then he says, uh, for a good person, 
someone might possibly dare to die. It's within conceivability, and some may have done that. But he writes this, he says, But God demonstrated his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, that is when Christ died for us. That is the most ultimate expression of love that uh, we can ever experience. Again, if you're really somebody important, someone might lay down your life to save some other life. But Jesus laid down his life for us, not when we were good, not when we were holy, not when we earned it, because you can't earn it. While we were at our very worst, Christ died for us. That is the extent of God's love. That is why he came for us and for our salvation. Under Pontius Pilate, he was crucified, he died, and he was buried. We're about to take communion at our campuses, and uh, each uh, campus will we'll cut away from the video and uh, have a time of just reflecting on what that's about. We're going to have the, the bread and the wine, and, and this is the Last Supper where Jesus said, my body was laid down for you, broken for you, and my blood was for the remission of your sins. And as you take communion today, keep in mind and be thankful for how much God loved you and was willing to lay down his life for you. I know sometimes we don't feel very lovable. Sometimes you might doubt that maybe God really loves us, but I promise you, he loved you, and he loved us so much, he laid down his very life for us. And think about that as we get ready to take communion now. And, and let me pray with you as, uh, before we cut away here. Father, I thank you for your kindness and your grace, your mercies. Thank you for this wonderful plan of salvation that we are all a part of. You're not done yet. We're still here. At some point, this world will come all to an end, and this all be wrapped up. But not yet because you still love us. And we thank you for that. And that anyone who doesn't know this or hasn't ever experienced it, I pray that you might open the eyes of their heart and their mind, that they might be able to comprehend this incredible love that was sacrificed for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. God bless you guys. See you next Sunday. Check out where we're at then. <laughs> Bye.